1: Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE.
0: Welcome in to the DNVR Avalanche Podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Use code DNVR when you sign up for a new account to get amazing odds boosts every single day. Rudo and AJ coming to you live as All Star Week is is getting. We're getting through it. It's it's going by pretty quick. You know we'll be into we'll be into the All Star festivities this weekend pretty soon, and the abs will be back playing before you know it. So. We figured we'd take a look at at where things stand a little bit for Colorado. They currently sit fourth in the Central Division with 57 points, trailing Minnesota with one point back on them. They also have 48 games played. Second place in the division is Winnipeg with 65 points. They, however, have played 52 games. That means the Avs have four games in hand on them and are eight points back. And then at the top of the division, Dallas with 66 points and 51 games, the Avs. Uh, nine points back with three games in hand on them so while the point totals are not small with the games in hand as we look ahead to the schedule here can the abs realistically do this AJ, can they win the central division
1: i think you look at <clears throat> two things two things make you feel optimistic that it can happen and not like in that like well, that's why they play the games, like kind of like sports optimism. We are like, yeah, a team could go twenty six and two, you know, and like, <laughs> okay, um, not 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 even like a like a faux optimism like that. But I think there's two things. One is that the Dallas Stars and Winnipeg Jets, the the two teams that we're really going to be looking at today, uh, as them chasing right now, just. As far as division leaders go, you're talking about 106-point pace. That's a really good regular season. Yep, That would have been a wild card last year out of the Central Division. Because it was stacked. (laughs) Because uh, the abs, I think, were at 119, Mm -hmm. and then Minnesota and St. Louis were, like, both over 110. (laughs) It was silly. It was some silliness for sure. It was. Well, and and that was part of the the thing with last year is that the Eastern Conference, the eight teams separated so quickly. And it was really...
0: Push wasn't really a thing in the East. It was just, yep, these are the teams that have made it. And in the West, it was like
1: 10 teams, maybe 11 if we're going to be really generous and include Vancouver. But it was really like 10 teams with Winnipeg and Vegas on the outside uh, doing the chasing. Yeah. Um, and you could even make the argument that it was truly more like nine teams with Vegas being the only one that was like really, really close. Sure. Uh, point being, it wasn't so much of a race last year. Um, both division both division winners had kind of cleared uh, their divisions and were there. Yeah, they, it just wasn't very close. And right now, the Central Division, you have obviously a 66-point Dallas and a 65-point Winnipeg. And then in the Pacific Division, you've got Seattle, L.A., and Vegas all within a point of each other.
0: There are some games played things going on there. There are. There are games
1: played considerations. Uh, uh You know, Seattle feel, should feel really good because it's in the position that Dallas is not, where it's leading its division. But it has the games in hand advantage on everybody. Yep. So, uh, whereas Dallas, you know, Dallas had 51 games played. Three more games played than both the abs and wild. Mm -hmm. So while there's a cushion there, it could be artificially inflated a little bit just because those games haven't been made up.
0: Yeah. I I mean, even if you, call the games in hand at 500 so the abs get three points there that would take them from nine points back to six points back which is still a sizable gap but it's not impossible to chase down in what is 34 games remaining in the year for colorado Mm -hmm. now part of that is the schedule which we'll, we'll get into there are quite a bit of four point games that will go on in the Not technically the second half, but we can just call it the second half of the season. Um, So it's going to be a lot of direct competition, but there is still plenty of weirdness to the schedule, I would say. Certainly for Colorado, they start things off on a road trip in February that is not going to be the easiest of runs, but... I think before we get into the schedule, yeah, we can get to that in a bit.
1: We should, we should just be a basic breakdown here. Okay. Just using the fact that they're on 106 point pace. Yep. The stars are mm-hmm. that makes 106 points is like the number to chase for right now. Sure. Obviously that could Dallas, Winnipeg, any of these teams could get really hot and they could increase that and it it would get harder for Colorado, but They're on 106-point pace. So right now, the number that Colorado should have circled on the whiteboard is 106. Mm -hmm. How do we get to 106 points? All right. 48 games played for Colorado. That means they've got 34 games remaining, 57 points. They need 49 points to, to get to 106. So you need 49 points in 34 games. Yep. So you're talking about 25 wins. Yep. 34 games left, 25 wins. That's where blowing games, you know, losing to Chicago, blowing a game against Anaheim, you know, you look at it and you say, oh, they go into the break at seven and one. Mm -hmm. Great. That's a great job. You lament the two that they left against Anaheim because you don't get an opportunity to make that up. And that means you have to win 25 games out of your last 30. What did I say? 34, 34. 39, 34, 34, 34. So you need 25 wins out of your last 34 because you leave points on the board, because you lose to Chicago, because you lose to Arizona, because you blow two goal leads to both Anaheim and Vancouver. Yep. You I, ignore I, the Chicago and you ignore the Arizona as games are just flat out lost.
0: You've made your the life other,
1: harder. The sure. other ones are two goal leads that they had. They had two goal leads against bottom feeder teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you that, that's four points. That's two wins you would have needed 23 wins in 34 games.
0: Yep. Which that's the difference between playing over 700 hockey and under 700 hockey. Yeah. If you want to get really nitpicky about it, blowing a three goal lead to the
1: Islanders before they go to Finland. Yeah. That one really hurts. I don't really care about the two goal lead that they blew to LA because LA is at least a team that you give respect to. With that, but you can include that on the list if you would also like to.
0: Those are means, those are eight Dad, points
1: in games that they that they had multi-goal leads in. I,
0: I hear you. I, I agree with you to a certain extent. I will say the Avs do control a little bit of their own destiny on what that number can be. They have two games remaining on the season against Dallas. They have two games remaining on the season against Winnipeg. Mm-hmm. They can win games and lower that number for a teams that they're trying to chase. Yeah, if you win that
1: look, it's ambitious, but hey, if you win all four of those games, those head to heads, those are those are four point games. Each one of those are four point games. Yep. If you win those, you have done the best possible job of making up the ground
0: of what you can personally control. I mean, you gotta win other games too, but as, as far oh, as directly obviously
1: yes. <laughs> four wins is not 25. Yeah, but you will you will have taken the head to head seriously and when you look at <clears throat> certainly that first matchup against Winnipeg at the end of this month at the I guess the end of February. Oh, it's February 1st today. At the end of this month I can finally say this. I've spent all week pretending it was February already. So it feels like it is. Um it is now. We're good. Uh the end of this month, so they are on the front half of a back-to-back after four days off.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Winnipeg, on the other hand, is playing its first home game back after a week-long four-game trip to the East Coast. We always know how this goes. Your, your first game home after road trips of three-plus games Peg, not so peg for a letdown exactly not a great history like uh i know uh talking with eric lacroix he had mentioned that uh once upon a time he would he would always be like look if i was into betting in hockey i would always say find the team coming off a road trip and bet against them in their first home game they yeah. always lose that game <laughs> uh so you know uh, uh looking uh, at that and saying hey they knowing that it's the first half of a sega baba with 4 days off there's going to be rust there but winnipeg coming off the long road trip returning call uh,
0: looking at this as it's just something that I've been looking at a lot lately strength of schedule remaining dallas is, is the easiest in the nhl sweet Winnipeg's is 18th, somewhere in the middle. The Avs fall at 28th, so also one of the easiest in the NHL. I mean,
1: advantage Colorado and Dallas, I guess?
0: Where's Minnesota on that list? Minnesota is slightly above Colorado at 23rd easiest, or top 10 easiest, but not as easy as Dallas and Colorado. Okay, so those teams have a clear advantage here over Winnipeg. Winnipeg's
1: got a lot of tough games left. Well, Winnipeg has like a middle-of-the-road schedule, but relative to the other teams,
0: it's harder. The thing is, of teams in the West, only Vegas, Nashville, and San Jose have harder schedules than Winnipeg left. Okay. That
1: makes sense because the West isn't as good as the East and the year, every year finishes with teams playing a lot of intra-conference games.
0: Yep. Set up that way for the playoff races. Oh yeah. Look at this for, so
1: Winnipeg has to play New Jersey and New York on a back to back. Yep, And then Colorado in the same week. And then in March, they have a road, they have a stretch where they have to go at Florida, at Tampa Bay, at Carolina, at home against Boston, then <laughs> at Nashville, at St. Louis, on a back to back.
0: Hmm. Mm. That's not easy.
1: <clears throat> so could get a little spicy. Um also of note is that uh, Winnipeg and Colorado were supposed to play Game 82 against each other. But the it is
0: reschedule has changed. Yeah, that. yeah. it is Winnipeg. It is still
1: Winnipeg's Game 82, but it is Col- now Colorado's Game 81. So if they're still fighting for seeding, they can hash it out. Kind and of on that. Slapped
0: up. on a Sega Baba to end the season. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. the up, but, The upside is, is that Nashville also will be in that situation. Exactly.
1: So uh, you are talking when you, when, when you look at Colorado's schedule, Colorado in particular, um, I know a lot of people have started looking at the schedule for the first time and are like, oh, February's schedule is so difficult and jacked up. Yeah. It's definitely wild. <laughs> um, you know, they, they come out of the break. They're on the road at Pittsburgh, at Tampa Bay, at Florida. No Sega Babas, but a tough road trip. That's a tough road trip every year. Then they come back, uh they they come back home for one game at home against Tampa Bay and then at Minnesota the next night. Yep. Oh yes. Thank you. I'm glad yep. that we can just do this. Cause Sega Baba, Sega Baba, Sega Baba.
0: It's it's tough too. Minnesota is rested for that game.
1: Yeah. Uh and then back-to-back matinee games at yeah. St. Louis. And we've talked about it. Look, St. Louis is going to get increasingly desperate. That yeah. by When that game gets played, it will be just shy of two weeks before yeah. the deadline. Yeah.
0: You're probably looking at their last gasp at that point. Yeah, depending on how the first few games go. Yeah. Unless they completely fall apart, sure. Uh, it's They're all travel as well. All three of them are travel. Now, Winnipeg to Calgary is not an insane travel. St. Louis to Edmonton is not exactly short. Sed- St. Louis to Denver is not, is not too you're bad. You're right, Denver. You're right. My bad. And then home to Minnesota, also not crazy. But still, that's three travel back-to-backs. Mm-hmm. It, look, certainly helps that they get four days off after the second set but it doesn't change the 24-hour the window that they're playing in. They're still going to have tired legs from the previous night. Mm-hmm. It, I don't know, fortunate or, or unfortunate the way these things are set up. I would say certainly the Tampa-Minnesota one is unfortunate that Minnesota is the second team. Better or worse, that Edmonton is the second team and St. Louis is the first in that middle set. I'm sorry. What? The way these are set up, I think you definitely feel better about the first back to back of Minnesota was the first team. How do you feel yeah. about the St. Louis Edmonton one? It better that St. Louis is the first team. Um, sure.
1: I mean i I feel I feel like both of those back to backs are going to be tough, and I feel like I the agree. other back to back at Winnipeg and against Cal- at home against Calgary, I feel like they should be pretty good in that one. I,
0: I do just, I just generally speaking, I think the in division opponent is more important to get with the fresh legs. So getting Winnipeg after the four day break, you're not dealing with the back to back there. Mm hmm. Gives the Evs the opportunity to play their best hockey a little bit better against the more important opponent. Yeah, definitely. Well, and then being home for the second one. I like being
1: home for the second one in each of the, in the, in the, the second and third Sega Babas. Okay. Fly out of the other place, sleep in your own bed type thing. Exactly. There's I think it's more of a comfort. I think it's a lot harder to go on the road with tired legs. For sure. You know, but you they're gonna play Tampa Bay.
0: Yeah.
1: The Minnesota game is a scheduled losses as not not quite as bad as at Calgary and at Arizona this year. <laughs> uh, because I think those were hard scheduled losses from the NHL. Yeah. But um uh, Tampa Bay Colorado because that's that that game has extra juice for obvious reasons. Um they it will be the second time that they've played in a week. Yep. And those two teams have, you know, have have a little bit of business now against each other.
0: All the all the talk about NHL ratings down. Play those two teams against each other on national TV, you'll get good ratings.
1: Yeah. Exactly. So, uh, that I think that that Tampa game, that's going to be one of those high emotional, high energy games. And then you hope that Pavel Franco steals the game in, in Minnesota the next day.
0: Yep. It's really what it comes down to. Uh, you got to live with what you get a little bit there. Now, at this point, we are expecting the Abs to be as healthy as they've ever been for this stretch of of hockey.
1: Yeah. What the unexpected bonus of
0: what if Darren Helm comes back now? But how it isn't. It might not be the big problem that the Matt Nieto trade made it seem like it probably was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, and, and look, every piece helps, obviously. How much has Darren Helm moved the needle in a random regular season game? I don't
1: know. Uh, I mean, it could. Ben Myers has 1.28 games,
0: you know? You're not wrong. And as much as I've liked how Ben Myers has played over the last few weeks, on the whole. With a certain point, you got to produce. So. Yeah, i I don't have a good argument against that. If some dude's putting pucks in the net and some dude isn't, usually the math isn't too hard. But uh, either way, if you're looking to produce a delicious burrito, Illegal Pete's is the way to go. They have a bunch of fresh products that you can use in your burritos. They will cover you whatever dietary restrictions you may have, whether it's just a keto diet or if you need gluten-free, vegan, vegetarian. They have something for everybody, including happy hour from 3 to 6 p.m. Their margaritas, absolutely delicious. It's your go-to spot, a great place for pre-gaming the DNVR bar. You can go there, go for happy hour, get your burrito, come on over to the DNVR bar, and then watch the game there. So check out Illegal Pete's 10 locations in Colorado. There's also a location in Arizona if you're uh, not local. And if you are local, come to the bar and get your Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR. Eight different kinds on tap down at the bar. Want to come watch a game down there and you see one of us? Feel free to say hi. We're happy to talk hockey with you anytime. We're just introverts. So you got to come up to us and say hello if you want to talk to us. Uh, Beyond that, you can check out what we're currently running with Breck Brew as the ultimate fan experience through Breck Brew. You got to follow the DMVR Avalanche account. You got to follow Breck Brew on Twitter. If you go to our Twitter accounts, you'll see the tweet with the link. Follow that link. Get entered to win tickets in row five of ball arena to watch an avalanche game you also get club lexus access and two free dnvr shirts as a kicker so they got you fully covered oh dog can't forget the parking pass that might actually be the biggest money saver of the whole thing to be honest with you and like pain in the ass saver no kidding you just get to pull up into the lexus lot instead of like having to sit in all of that traffic to get into parking
1: well and then when you leave you're just out
0: yeah you're
1: You're just just gone you walk out. You walk out that side door, and oh, look! You're out. Like you're See out you. of the traffic.
0: Yep. You get to drive home while everyone else sits in the lot. So go check it out. Go give Breck Brew a follow. We appreciate them a ton over here. Even if you're not local, they have their Breck Brew in all fifty United States. Second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. <laughs> AJ, you mentioned Ben Myers. Obviously, health needs to improve. That one's an easy slam dunk. But beyond that, what are the key areas that need to find consistency, let's say, for the abs to realistically chase these teams down?
1: I'm sorry. What? (laughs) What?
0: beyond I the health
1: that I just didn't process it. Yeah,
0: second half of the year, beyond health, which is the cop out. I'm not letting you answer health. <laughs> where do the avs need to find consistency in the second half to chase these teams down? I think it's really man.
1: I think I think it's really important that they continue to get the goaltending they've gotten. Okay. Because if they can, if they can regularly keep it to two goals a game, you're in There's every three, game,
0: baby. Yeah,
1: yeah, you're in every game. Now yep. you know there will be there will be five four games. You know stuff like that's gonna happen sometimes. But if they can continue to get the top five caliber of goal team wide goaltending from both guys, this isn't on this isn't on Georgiev and it's not on Francois. It's on both. Um, if they can continue to one be healthy at that position, because I mean, you, you say I can't have health, but if Georgiev gets hurt or if Franzos gets hurt, it's a lot tougher. Because you, even with even if even if Frankie gets hurt, you're not looking at Georgiev and going, "Hey, all these Sega Babas that we have, <laughs> go play all of them." Yeah, you know, you need. Yep, you you need the help there. Um, you need you need to continue to have those guys available to you, but I I still think that the goaltending has been the backbone of all of their success through all the injuries, through all of the the power play is amazing. The power play sucks. The power play is functional. You know, between all the special teams roller coaster that they've that they've been on this year, which really hasn't been too abnormal. Uh, it's been a little extreme at times, but we know why. Yeah, Uh, but and like those units ride the roller coaster every year. So it is what it is. But through all of that and through all of the lineup changes and all the everything, you've had two guys back there predominantly uh, just doing a really good job night in and night out. More often than not, those guys have killed it for you. And you're talking about with Georgiev, you're talking about a guy that is, not just entrenching himself as a starter, but maybe an upper half starter as well, and not like creeping towards of, top ten. Yeah, exactly. Creeping into that top ten, a good strong finish might actually get him into that conversation. Um, and so I think I think that's been the backbone of your team all year. Continue to get that, because if your goal if your goaltending goes sideways right now, everything else gets harder. It's already going to be hard, but you you are getting. We you mentioned it earlier. This is more or less be as healthy as they've been all season. Uh, when they come back, we you know Evan is at the rink posting videos of of the guys Byron skating and going hard. Yeah, yeah, doing their thing. Those guys all look good. They all look ready. If Nachushkin, Byron, and Manson are in your lineup in Pittsburgh for your first game back. You feel like you have a lot better chance at making some things happen. Definitely. And that you know that's a thirty-four games. If you can get thirty-four games where your lineup is more or less what you want your lineup to be, you know there are going to be things that happen. Guys are going to get hurt. Guys are going to miss time. Whatever, but well, you're
0: not missing half your top six, a, a third of your decor, exactly. things like that. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So um, I think
1: I think it, it's with the goaltending and as they as the team really still looks for its identity, uh, and it starts to try and figure out this whole third period thing, um, you know, closing games and and just being a little better defensively, being a little more consistent throughout the games. Instead of the, we're going to score three goals in five minutes, and we're not going to score the rest of the game, uh, and we will spend the entire third period defending. They need to smooth these bumps out, but – all of it, all of it is easier. You can you can get away with some of this if your goaltending continues I, to do what it does, well, well, what think, it, what it has
0: done. Well, I think it's so not I, even asking them to be better; just do what they've done. It they go hand in hand a little bit, right? You get Byram and Manson back. You talk about them getting leads and spending the rest of the the game defending a player, certainly like Byron, and I think Manson as well to an extent is going to be a defender that helps push you the correct direction on the ice. Yeah. So, and
1: getting Natushkin back obviously
0: would be, yeah, of course.
1: You know, he's such an impact guy for them. And then you are talking about a month down the road, if Gabe Landiscott comes rolling through those doors,
0: you get him for the last 15 games of the season or whatever. 10 games, yeah. I rate. mean,
1: let's just say, let's just go with 10. Yeah, if they get him for the last 10 games, if they go eight and
0: two, I mean, then. They're in juggernaut mode at that point.
1: Like, if they go eight and two, boy, that really helps you in your quest to win 25 out of 34.
0: Yeah. You finish eight and two. So you had 24 games before that where you now need to go 27. Is that right? Or is it 28. No, it'd be 27. Yeah. So you'd have to go 20, 20. Wait, I'm dumb. Yeah. That'd be not that. It'd be 25. So it'd be some number i'm not gonna do math on air anymore because this has already already gone very sideways you'd have to win less games (laughs) if you go eight and two you're on more than pace if you go eight and two in a 10 game stretch put it that way Mm -hmm. uh anyway aj you put out a tweet the other night i found a bit interesting looking at the paces that some of the abs players were on Uh, Obviously, McKinnon and Rantanen staying on a 100-point pace would go a long way for Colorado in this second half of the year. But more interesting, I found JT Comfer on a 50-point pace. Evan Rodriguez, just shy of a 50-point pace. Those are the guys that are replacing some of the scoring they lost in the offseason. Do they need to keep it up? Is that enough? To reasonably say, hey, all right, we've replaced Andre Burakovsky effectively. We've replaced Nazem Kadri as effectively as we could. If you go and you look at the, because that's
1: those were the point paces that they are on with games that they've missed reflected.
0: Sure, sure.
1: Not what their eighty-two game point
0: paces would be, which Confers played. Every
1: game. Confers is the 82 game yeah. pace, but the guys around him, like the Nachushkins and Rodriguez E-Rod and is missed
0: A ha- bunch of games, yeah. Yeah, those guys
1: are on higher point per game paces than that because of the games that they've missed. So I think you do look at it and you say, look, if you do get 60 points out of Arturi Lekinen, if
0: yeah. you
1: do end up getting, if you do end up with a 50-point JT Confers season, if you do end up with a... Uh, Forty-nine point Evan Rodriguez season. Have you? I would say you've adequately replaced. Okay,
0: those guys.
1: What I still think is really hurting them is, you know, you know, Bowen Byram had five points in ten games that he played this year.
0: He was doing uh, just fine.
1: (laughs) Imagine. I just having a forty-point defenseman added to this group—just drop him in. Even with all of Sam Gerard's struggles, you would have a you would have a forty-point guy next to that. What a difference it would have made for them offensively when they were trying to when they were trying to score goals and just could not seem to break through
0: it's i mean it's interesting too you even talk about sam girard's struggles into this break he ended up with what six points in eight games it was so yeah i mean i don't know what the
1: actual um he had he it was really like an extended stretch going into it which is i didn't want to like nitpick and just be like oh well alex neilock over the last 25 games you know i didn't want to do any of that i just wanted to look at the get you their paces. But yeah, I mean, Sam Gerard had four points in the last three games leading into the break.
0: Well, and and that's where you're hoping for a little bit of balancing, because as much as you would like everyone to stay unbelievably hot, some dudes are going to cool off in the second half of the year. It's it's just what happens. But you want to see that balance out with, say, a Sam Gerard starting to produce a little bit more consistently or or Alex Newhook continuing this pace that he's found. Take your pick of whichever guy you like. Yep. He had nine points in 13 games. That's uh, that's really good. He, if he can keep up even like half of that, you're, you're getting a nice little production boost out of your defense.
1: Yeah, it's really even, if you want to extend that out, it's 11 points in 18 games.
0: So, I mean, if Sam Gerrard gives you – 20 points in the last 34 games of the season, you're winning a lot of hockey games.
1: You're certainly in a good position to, And that's not considering whatever Devon Taves and Kyle McCarr right. and Bo Byram, like what all, all those guys are going to gain a I mean, just the, the difference of if, if Josh Manson just gives
0: you five points mm-hmm. versus, you know, the four more points than Andreas England. Like,
1: even at the bottom of the lineup here, you're talking about there's going to be some improvement, but I think the difference of a having the uh, a Curtis McDermott or an Andreas England being replaced by Bo
0: Byram. Who can you know, really re- re- dial it up if he's playing well.
1: Think, yeah. think of the, the – the, the, and I'm emphasizing this because, uh, look, we like the one thing that Brad Hunt has given you is production. Yep and he's given you
0: six points in almost 30 games. Something like that, yeah. Like, okay, Bo Byron had five points. In 10.
1: In 10 <laughs> games. And the team wasn't even playing particularly well. <laughs> like, team was playing okay during that stretch. Yeah. He personally was playing okay during that stretch, and he, was, he found his way to points. The thing that... Outside of those first, what was it, eighteen games that he played that year with the concussion issues, I think so, and he yeah. only had two assists. He's Outside a of that consistent stretch, producer beyond that, yeah, he has been a consistent producer of offense in the regular season. In the postseason, he got screwed out of so many points with hitting <laughs> posts.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, it's. Certainly encouraging, and and it it can't be denied that the health issues are going to be the biggest impact on Colorado. If they can get healthy and stay healthy, they're going to look like a significantly better team. It's just factual. Uh, If we could have a Dallas person or a Winnipeg person hop
1: onto our pod and just ask them the simple question of, if Colorado is healthy, do you feel safe? Do you feel safe like in ahead of them in the standings?
0: Very, very interesting. Because for there. me, yeah. the answer should be no.
1: They're not, they're just not far enough back given the games in hand considerations. It definitely,
0: um, yeah, definitely not Winnipeg. I don't feel safe at all if I'm Winnipeg.
1: Yeah, Winnipeg, you know, it look eight point lead is great, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm doing that right. Yeah, it's an eight-point lead, four games in hand.
0: Yeah. You can literally – those points come from? Disappear. Yeah.
1: Winni- Winnipeg could play zero games, and Colorado could just catch up. Yep.
0: In games played, and that lead could be gone. And they might feel okay at times, but, again, it's really going to come down to those head-to-head matchups. If the Avs win that game on February 24th against Winnipeg, They're going to start sweating real fast. So we'll see where it goes. Of course, the Avs have to take care of business. Yeah. And
1: similarly, nine points back of Dallas, three games in hand. You win those three games, that's six points. You're three games back. And you have two of them
0: against Dallas. Yeah, you have two. You've got head-to-heads remaining. Control their own destiny, certainly.
1: Yeah, I mean, this is a... They're in a tougher spot than they should be based on the things that... uh, Based on the games that they've lost up to this point. The games that they blew. Not even just like, oh, well, they, you know, lost it on the road in Philadelphia or whatever. But games that
0: they should have won. Yep. And look... Again, I, I don't think either of us are concerned about Colorado making the playoffs. This is more a conversation about can they get to the top of this division? Can they secure things like home ice in the playoffs?
1: Not. Yeah, I'm. I'm just not super concerned about the whole. Oh my god, they're going to miss the postseason. Yeah, me either. Uh, it was always. I think it was always just a dramatic overreaction to the losing streak, which mm-hmm. like had it continued. Would have been, it would have made it a real conversation. Uh, But not only did they stop the losing streak, but they responded to it in about the best way imaginable. Like a seven and one stretch in those last eight was huge. Yep.
0: It's, they did what they had to do when they needed to, they just haven't made their life as easy as they could have. And you do look at, you do look at the last 10 they've gained ground on
1: everybody because uh, you're talking, oh, oh, they've got 14 of those, uh, of those 20 points they, they got in that same, in that same span, Winnipeg got 11 or I'm sorry, Winnipeg got 10, Minnesota got
0: 11 and Dallas got 12. Dallas is magicing their way to OT losses. <laughs> well, and like Dallas has been,
1: Dallas is, Third in the NHL, third or fourth in the NHL, and regulation wins. Yep. They've just mastered the art of not losing in regulation. It's true. If they were any good at all at overtime, because with 10 overtime losses, you're not a very good overtime
0: team. Nope. If they were any good at overtime, they would probably running be away running with away with this, with this division. division. Yep. Even if you even give them four extra points and they're sitting at 70. And now you're talking about that, even with games
1: in hand. That's a that's that's a big hill to climb. That's a lot harder to run down because, again, go back to the math that we did. Okay, 106 point pace. They
0: need they need 25 wins. They've already got to play this like 720 hockey to get to 106. Yeah, <laughs> yes. like you you put
1: Dallas you put Dallas at 70 points. Now you're starting. You're flirting with eight hundred hockey. Well, and now game. now exactly. you're at twenty seven wins out of those thirty four yeah. games. Like, that's a that's Dallas awesome. has been great this year, winning games in regulation. Uh, but they, the the art of the OTL is every year there's a team that just gets it done. At the same time, like. Colorado in those coin flip overtimes. Colorado's got like nine wins or some shit. If Colorado was only five hundred in overtime games beyond regulation, not just overtime but shootouts, you know the odds are four and two in shootouts. Not bad. Like you, you take points away from this, the the post regulation success yep. that they've had this year, and if they were just a five hundred team the abs would
0: be hanging out with probably St. Louis. Yeah, pretty much. So every point matters, as they say. Uh, we are brought to you by the amazing people over at DraftKings Sportsbook, where every point matters for your bet to hit. Might be rooting for a little bit different things than uh, a particular team to win and more go the Blaze style of just bet the over every game, and you're just rooting for goals in general. Uh, But with DraftKings, if you use code DNVR, when you sign up, you can bet $5 on the Super Bowl. And if you're a new account, you get $200 in free bets instantly. You don't even have to hit your bet. You just get $200 to play with. You can go over there. You can do whatever you want. You can bet on whatever you want. Uh, You can bet on the All-Star Game with all of their crazy events that are going on on Friday. If that's not your thing, you can, of course, go bet on whatever sport you can literally find under the sun. Uh, P.K. Subban was tweeting about Karjitsu the other day. I don't know. I don't think that's, I think you might have to go into the pools. You might not be able to get to directly bet on that one on DraftKings. But it's out there. I'm telling you, you can find sports that are ridiculous and you can bet on them when it comes to DraftKings.
1: I like that that's your appeal of DraftKings. (laughs) Uh, What's the silly things that I can get into?
0: Some absolute nonsense that I can entertain myself with.
1: It's the most ridiculous, like, over the top bet that I can I can try and make via this app. Not like oh, I'm looking at that Nuggets Pelicans last night, you know I'm trying to trying to get that seven and a half point cover.
0: No, absolutely not. Yeah. We're we're going off the rails. Ooh look American Cornhole League is back. If you live off the rails, aren't you really
1: just on a different rail?
0: <laughs> Maybe. Is it a rail, or am I just walking next to the rails? I think you're just on a Rudo rail. The Rudo Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Fair enough. Uh, yeah, it, all sorts of nonsense over there. If you want to lose dollars, you can get... Oh, my God, how deep did it is. You can get 500,000 to one odds for Arjun Atwal to win the Pebble Beach Pro-Am. 500000 As Chad has mentioned, this is the same
1: man that advised you to pick against Djokovic in the Australian Open.
0: (laughs) I'm not saying I make good bets, but they're fun. Anyway, head on over to DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. Other terms, restrictions, and conditions apply. See the show notes down below for details course if you have a gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700 also void in ohio uh third period no wait wait i almost forgot we're brought to you as well by shady rays our dope sunglasses minor in the car yeah minor as well because as it turns out the most useful place for sunglasses for us is on set when there's bright lights shining into our yeah. faces and let me tell you shady rays does a great job of blocking <laughs> out the light
1: lifesavers
0: it's <laughs> it gonna goes, save me so many headaches it goes from a migraine to tolerable really quickly with shady rays so can confirm the polarization it does work on those things uh they have a bunch of amazing different sunglasses and part of their deal is when you get them if you don't like them Or something goes wrong in the first 30 days, you can return them and they'll replace them or refund you for completely nothing on your end. So you might as well go to ShadyRays.com. You can also find them at the Park Meadows Mall. And when you use code DNVR at checkout, you get 50% off when you buy two or more pairs. So jump on it today with Shady Rays. They're amazing. I'm all about them. I love the ridiculous over-the-top sunglasses that I have because I think they're dope. So uh, that's where I'm at with it. Third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. I'm not going to say the Avs are positioned well because they no. should have been positioned better with marginally better play this first half of the year.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: uh, I mentioned it earlier, but 18 regulation wins,
1: they have the lowest number of regulation wins of all the, the teams. Tie in Tiebreakers
0: are not good for them. Yeah. So, it's not like you love where they're at, but you yeah. <laughs> really
1: don't want to get into that battle with the Jets. The Jets have <laughs> the Jets beaten, both regulation wins and rows.
0: <laughs> every, every statistic. A little bit interesting that Minnesota has a worse goal differential than the Avs. But.
1: Well, that's because
0: the Avs put up a, remember they were plus one. Yeah, and then they went plus 18 over that yeah, war game stretch or whatever it was. And then Ottawa came to town, and it was like, let's fix this. <laughs> Things change quickly sometimes. Uh, I mean, I'm looking around. We're getting a little bit outside the Central Division looking at the Pacific as well. Uh, obviously, LA, quite precarious. They're in the second in the Pacific, but they're the team with the most games played. You look For at the record, they have the same bad. points percentage right now as Colorado. Yeah. So.
1: that's This is why I don't believe in them. It's why I'm like when people talk about, oh, the Kings and this, and I'm just like, I don't think they're going to make it.
0: I, I think they'll be okay. I think they'll make it. I, because... I think they'll continue to scratch and claw, but I just –
1: I guess, I guess I just think that at some point, Calgary and Edmonton will both turn it up to the point where L.A. pays the price.
0: My lack of belief in Calgary right now is just really strong. <laughs> I I don't even, like, believe in Calgary. You just think
1: L.A. is con- it's just going to happen
0: to them? I just think <laughs> that
1: the, the Kings have gotten away with playing Phoenix Copley as their starting goaltender not wrong and you know guys can be serviceable for stretches but being like a a real starter i i I guess i just don't know that they've got the goaltending and i'm i am expecting the razor thin margin with which they are winning games to eventually bottom out, fall apart
0: for them yeah so i mean definitely hard to keep winning when your goal differential is in the negative yeah, I, well, and, like,
1: like, does Nashville ever, like, I don't want to say flip the switch, because if they were capable of that, they would have done
0: it. But... The only switch they're flipping is selling me need, no need to Rider. <laughs> <laughs> I also think that, like, like,
1: certainly from a goal-scoring perspective, Seattle is in, is in for a crash at some point. Does is... it happen during the regular season, or does it happen in a 5 Round or a five-game first-round loss. I mean, where all of a sudden you're like, "Oh,
0: funny how that works." Yeah, they're statistically there's just no way it keeps up for them, right? <laughs> like, yeah, I'm not super worried about Vegas.
1: I really haven't been most of the year. I think that they wildly outperformed their results to start the year. Logan Thompson has come back down to earth. Um, yep. They don't really they do, they don't really have anything about them especially with stone's injury that 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 says we're going to be a really big problem I, like jack eichel's just okay it's the, it was the he goaltending they thing they needed
0: for me like the second logan thompson turned back into a league average goaltender they've been a league average team like mm-hmm. pretty straightforward on that one yeah but, and and you know, they're one of the the many teams that I think does lack the high end, particularly without Mark Stone. They're getting another insane year out of Chandler Stevenson, which is awesome for him. But William Carlson, Riley Smith, Jonathan Margesow, all dudes that continue to settle their careers into like 40 to 50 point guys instead of the 70 to 80 point guys they thought they were getting. Yeah. Just a bit of a tough look there.
1: Dead. They're, just, they're just okay. Yep. If they finished in a wild card spot this, I I don't think it would surprise me at all. They ended up as a wild card team.
0: Oh, totally. I I Are they a decent enough team to make the playoffs? Absolutely. Do I think they're truly a contender this year? I'm not convinced. Yeah, I
1: don't know about a contender. They just... They're just so blah, man. Like I, I don't know. The and, that, and I, I guess that's how I feel about the Pacific Division as a whole. Is I feel like it's blah. You look at Seattle. I'm waiting for the crash. You know, like they're solid defensively. They're they're good offensively. Martin Jones has had a really nice couple of weeks, but it's still
0: Martin Jones. Yeah, I just I had, like. Who, who are you afraid of? I guess an Edmonton where Stuart Skinner keeps it up. I guess yeah. that's the scariest thing. It is.
1: Because if Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl don't scare you, you're stupid. It's the rest of their team that you're trying to take advantage of. And if those yeah. guys at least get it together, if they stop being a collective gong show, then they're a problem. It's like everybody looking at Colorado going, God, please don't get healthy. <laughs> please don't get, uh, we like this version of you. We like this, like every time we play you, you're like deeply vulnerable. <laughs> but they're about to have almost their whole forward core and their whole defense back together. And it's just like, now you got a problem. Yeah, now they're good again. Watch yeah, now, now you have to see what's going on there. Yeah. I think I think we can we. I'm not gonna say that you can bury St. Louis.
0: You can pretty much bury him. But yeah. I think
1: I mean they've got something like a 13 percent chance to make the postseason it's, today. Like it's real low. It's yeah. So with St. Louis, I think uh, I think you're getting close to. We can put this one away for the year.
0: Um.
1: <laughs> Nashville, man, like how do you feel about Nashville? Dude, are you like me Honestly, this year and you just forgot you just forget they exist all the time?
0: I no, but I just not – like this year, the way they're going was the most predictable thing in history. Like no, they no didn't more, get a career year out of every single forward in their top six, like <laughs>
1: Well, and Roman Yossi has 41 points in yeah, 48 games, down not, from a
0: 96-point season. Not having the year to save all years. Like, it's just not – none of the regression to the middle is surprising about Nashville this year, and I genuinely don't think that they're a team to worry about. Yeah, from
1: 43 gold, Matt Duchesne – uh by far his career high and only the he'd only hit 30 goals one other time in his career and we all remember that one mm-hmm.
0: uh he's back down to 14 yeah like right in line with his career and 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 that's true of like all of their players that passed yeah. off last year they're not mm-hmm. getting that performance this year the only one UC Soros. Sure. But he was also expected to be good. Like
1: had a really not great start to the season. Figured it out. Has been really good. The one that the one that made me laugh uh, the most after last season, where I had I I listened to multiple Preds podcasts that swore it was real with Tanner know Really? Yeah. And it was pretty obvious to see that a guy who scored 24 goals on 19% shooting
0: was a big-time candidate for, I don't think this is real. 19% shooting isn't real until they prove it's real over, like, three years. <laughs> yeah. And then...
1: He's got five goals this year. Shooting 6% is probably a little on the low side there. That's He's probably experiencing not just regression to the mean, but now it's gone the other way. But sure. that's, that's what, and, and the reason that I bit on Nashville this year was the addition of Nita Ryder and the addition of McDonough to the defense. I thought that the combination of those guys were going to shore up some of the expected production pitfalls that were on their way. It hasn't. It it. I mean, Nino Rider has twenty three points in forty eight games. Yeah, forty eight games.
0: Yep. You get now played by JT Confer, my man. McDonough has eleven points. Yeah, well, and McDonough's like he's more of a defensive. Yeah, egg. like. But like, you still have a boat anchor of Matthias Eckholm sitting there.
1: Damn, man, Matias Eckholm. <laughs> Matias Eckholm was interesting because he was one of the league's more underrated, just raw defenders for a couple of years in his wasn't career. Wasn't
0: anymore, yeah.
1: And uh, one of the more shocking elements of the of Colorado's first-round series against them last year was that the Avs just chewed up Matias Eckholm. And I don't know if he had been bad all season, but he hasn't been good since. <laughs> I don't know if the abs ruined that guy or if it was already in progress, but woof. Not it good. has just been bad for Matthias Eichholm.
0: Uh okay. Any uh, any final thoughts on this the second half push for the abs, AJ?
1: Second half push, I mean I think that I think that they are we, you, and I have been sitting here talking about. Well, they're about to get healthy, and then we'll see. Yep. Well, they're about to get healthy, and we're about to see. Yep. I, I'm honestly, I'm just excited that we're here, and we don't have to continue. Like, we can continue to lament the lack of Gabe Landeskog. He's a really, really important piece to this team. But for the most part, we're no longer like this. Isn't even a top six. They don't even have their defense. Like we're talking about Brad Hunt here. You know, like. I'm excited that we're about when when the Avalanche come back from break, the Avalanche are coming back from break. So I think we should should have a collective – we should put up a a counter, 25 wins. (laughs) Count them down? Yeah, like in Major League when they have the thing and they rip the pieces off after every win. We don't need to do that. We could just have a thing that counts to twenty-five or counts down from twenty-five because I think that's the goal: twenty-five wins, twenty-five Ws. Yeah, twenty-five wins, and at very worst, you're not missing the postseason if you have a hundred and six-point season.
0: Yeah, it's not happening. You may not win your division, but We're it, at five, the early projections I saw said Western Conference wild card is ninety-three to ninety-five points, which should be easily attainable for Colorado. Yep. You're looking at 20 wins at that point. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um,
1: So yeah, 25 wins. All right. I think collectively, DNVR pod listeners, let's do this as a group. We're going to manifest the 25 wins together. uh, And then that's what we will keep track of. 25 wins.
0: That's the goal. There you go. We'll leave it at 25. We appreciate all y'all hanging out with us like, and subscribe that helps us out on YouTube. If you're a podcast listener, we are available on all podcasting platforms. If you want to give us a five-star review on one of those that helps us out a ton also. So we appreciate all of y'all so very much. We will be back tomorrow to talk more all-star break stuff. And then Friday we got the skills competition stuff. So that'll be interesting, I guess. Um, Either way, we appreciate you, and we will talk to you guys on the next show.